0: Hey, beautiful friends, welcome to The Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's Word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about
1: community here. Welcome to another episode of the Saver podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us in the kitchen, aka the studio today. Hey Suzanne, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing all right. I'm a little cold. I know it's the second day of freezing for
0: us here in South Carolina.
1: I mean, yeah, it's cold. Everything hurts in my body cuz it's so cold. I
0: know. I had to walk my dog in the cold today. I mean, it was probably 45 when I walked the dog, too. Yeah,
1: that's no cold. Thanks. I'm not I'm not walking my dog in the cold. Well, I have a puppy, so... That's true. You do have to take care of her. I have a six-year-old girl <laughs> yeah. who's like, yeah, no thanks. Your dog's fine. She's
0: like, I walked up here from <laughs> downstairs. I'm totally good for the day.
1: That's right. That's right. I know. So uh, we are so glad that you are joining us for this final uh, installment in the series that we've been doing on the book of Ephesians. If you did not have a chance to listen to last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It is a doozy, to say the least, but I have to tell you guys what happened to me after we recorded that episode. Like, So the episode was about, um, the end of chapter five is about how the household code between husbands and wives, and we talked about how wives are supposed to submit, which comes easily for us, right, Suzanne? So easy. I'm the best at this. Oh, yeah. So we spent about an hour in that episode talking about it. And probably in 45 minutes, 30 minutes ahead of time, Suzanne and I kind of talked about it. And we prayed and all of that and did it. Y'all, we had no sooner finished the episode, closed the computer, and then it hit me like I'm in the middle of it with my husband. So a situation came up with my children and my husband and I did not see eye to eye at all on it. And I am literally arguing my point. And it was like the Holy Spirit was going, tap, tap, tap. Do you remember what you just recorded? So I'm just telling you guys if you're thinking, that's crazy, I cannot submit to my husband, like, I don't, I'm don't, i not going to do that, I know it is hard, and I totally was faced with that harsh reality as soon as we finished recording the episode. I mean, it was crazy to me, but I was so thankful that I had spent an hour with you, Suzanne, talking about what it looks like and what are the benefits of biblical submission. And just so you guys know, there was no 4th of July firework show, like, I... Responded to the Holy Spirit. I yielded. At one point, though, it got so bad. I had one of my children and me against my husband trying to argue the point.
0: (laughs) That's the worst, too. It was so bad. Yeah.
1: Don't do that. It was bad. I should not have done that. And I repented and I asked for forgiveness and I yielded to the Holy Spirit and I submitted to my husband and it all worked out. And I'm so thankful. But I got tickled at the end of it because I was just like, "You got to be kidding with this timing, Lord!" Like, y- there, y- no, there was no better time for <laughs> yeah. it to
0: happen, yes. right? So that you could actually be like the Holy Spirit. You be like, "Remember what you just talked about? What goodness can come from from doing life the way that it, that I'm saying it works out best?" And yeah. you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Because yeah. if you hadn't, you might have been like, kept going, right? right. That's true. We might have got to the fireworks.
1: Oh, we definitely probably would have gotten to the fireworks because I was not backing down because I was right. And the crazy thing is my husband was like, I hear you and I agree with you but this is how we're going to lead in this situation. And this is why we're going to lead this way in this situation. And that was really helpful for me. So we actually agreed with each other, but the way we wanted it to play out was different. And I'm his wisdom was so on point in that situation that we were struggling with and I am so thankful for that and really am thankful that I was able to do it. So I just want you ladies to know if you have struggled with the whole submission thing in the last week you're not alone. Real world, real life example right here. I struggled with it and did not handle it properly in the beginning, but yet um prayed about it, yielded to the Holy Spirit, had open conversation with my husband and it worked out. So oh, good. I'm glad. But yeah, that's hard. Yeah. It is. It is. But we're going to continue in Ephesians chapter 6 today. And it's weird because, again, we talked about this a little bit on one of the previous episodes. So... If you're not super familiar with scripture and kind of how we have the Bible and the 66 books that we hold today with the chapter breaks and the verses and the headings, all of that was added after the fact. None of that was inspired. And so this is one of those times when you're kind of reading it and you're like, what a weird chapter break, you know, Mm -hmm. because you stop in chapter five um, when you're talking about the very last verse in chapter five says, nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own. And wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. And we kind of talked a little bit about that. We finished. And then when you pick up in 6.1, it immediately starts talking to children. So it seems like a harsh break there, and it really is not a real break in the original text. So this whole passage where it starts in 22, in 5.22, all the way through six, um nine, Nine. yeah, all the way through, is really what's known as a household code. And the Apostle Paul is talking to Christians, and he is giving them rules for their household code. And you'll find similar instructions in Colossians chapter three as well. And so this is a continuation of the household code. So he started talking to wives, then he talked to husbands. Today, we're going to get into him talking to children and then talking to fathers. And then we're going to tackle that topic of him talking to slaves and to masters. So hang in tight for us today, because I know, again, that might be something that you're like, wait, or what, the whole thing about slavery? So we'll get into that. But let's kind of look at Ephesians six one. It really is talking to um, the children first. And so, Suzanne, you want to read um, 6.1, 2, and 3? Yep. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for
0: this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth.
1: Yeah, so... Interesting. Here he's he's kind of talking to children and he's telling them to obey their parents. Have you ever used that verse with your kids? Yes. All the time. <laughs>
0: not all the time. Because sometimes I'm not worthy of that honor, I don't think. I mean in the in, in, in the most part, yes. But I just I don't know. I I have said it often though.
1: Yes. Oh yeah, I used to say it to my kids all the time. And um, if you're wondering what he's talking about when he says it's the first commandment with a promise, he is referring back to Exodus 20:12, where children are told to honor their father and mother um, in Exodus. And so that's kind of what he's reminding them. And again, the Apostle Paul is writing. Keep the whole book in context. He's writing to the Christians in Ephesus and this was a very worldly city and there was a lot of occult and there was a lot of worship of false deities and there was a lot of cultural things happening that were different than what the Christians were called to do and so this whole household code that we're getting into is revolutionary for their culture and i think honestly we're seeing some of that in our culture too today how some things that used to be just weird or out of place, um, are now like offensive in our culture, like Christian values Mm -hmm. that we hold, Mm -hmm. you know, that 30 years ago, those Christian values, which have not changed, were just kind of thought as weird and whatever, but you do you. And today, some of those Christian values in our culture are so radically different that they actually are seen as vile and even hatred, um, which we know that's not true. And so, Think about that culturally when we're thinking about this household code that the apostle Paul is talking to and telling them about. So he is telling the children that you know they are to honor their father and mother. And Suzanne, you and I kind of were talking about this a little bit. Sometimes that's a hard. A hard thing for us to understand, especially, and we're talking to the ladies maybe who have been raised in a a family environment where there was abuse in the family. Um, And so when you hear honor your father and your mother so that it may go well with you or that you may have long life, what does that kind of stir inside of you, Suzanne, when you think about that?
0: Yeah, so this um, was something that I've struggled with a little bit. My, my dad, who I consider my dad, is my, actually my stepfather. Um, but I remember used to struggle with this idea of like honoring your, your mother and your father. Not that my biological father was abusive, but I, as I was reading this, I was like, that kid, what about those who did have abusive? And in, in, some, situa- in some instances, you could say abandonment. Yes, as well, um, which was kind of a little bit more of my story, um, not full on, but you know that's a story for another day. But that those are the kind of thoughts that brought to my mind as I was reading this, and so it's like, how do you honor your father and your mother if they have been abusive or if they've abandoned you? What does that look like for people? Because that's hard. That would be a hard thing to read, especially because it's attached to the first promise, mm-hmm. and. Um, So I remember a while back, our pastor taught, and I wish I could remember all of it, but I just remember my takeaway from it was, you're not maybe honoring the person in that, you're honoring the position. Yeah. And so it's more about respect, not that you have to have relationship with that person. Um, I don't think that honor equates um, to relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And it does not mean that you don't have boundaries. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that's hard and I don't know exactly what that would look like really and honestly. And I think for me personally, um, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I'm just not out there like bad mouthing everybody all the time Yeah. or I don't know. It's hard. I don't know. What do do you think?
1: No, I think you're onto something. I love how you talked about it's really looking at honoring the position, not necessarily the person's behavior Mm. and their response. Because nine times out of 10, most mothers or fathers who have abandoned their children or abused their children or neglected their children have probably been products of abandonment, abuse, and neglect exactly. in their own life. Mm-hmm. And that's where in the Old Testament, we talk about those generational curses, those generational sins, and we see them repeated. Not because God was like, hey, if this person sins in this generation, then I'm automatically going to punish. It's like a
0: curse that's put on you, right? right. No, <laughs> yeah. it's
1: just that He knows because God created us as humans and He knows our purpose. Propensities, and he knows that um, he you would see that played out. And so, I do think there it is a hard topic to talk about. And I don't have a story of abandonment and abuse right. in my life. And so, my personal story is my dad absolutely adored me. Like I I know that, and I have I don't have issues with not feeling loved by my earthly father. But I know that there are women who walk through that. And I can't imagine how hard that is. But we can't just ignore this because of our own personal experience. So how do we put this in context of the whole that we're Mm -hmm. reading? And I think when we get to scriptures like this and we have a personal struggle or a personal situation that causes us not to understand what this is saying, we need to kind of draw back and say, okay, what are we looking at as a whole? So if we look back, when we go back to um, Ephesians 5, he addresses, the Apostle Paul addresses wives first, then husbands. We see that pattern repeated in 6, 1. He addresses children first, and then he addresses fathers. He addresses slaves first, and then he addresses masters. And so the Apostle Paul is talking to, especially at this time in that culture, women, children, and slaves were not seen on equal standing as the men were in, in that society. And so the fact that he's addressing them and talking to them at all would have been radical. Like it, it would have been shocking to the hearer that. Oh, wow, they're talking to wives. Oh, they value wives. Oh, they're talking to children. They value them. And so when you see this commandment that talks about honor your father and your mother, if you jump down to verse 4, he then, after he's addressed that with the children, he starts talking to the fathers. And he says to them in verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So you can't take away that verse about honor your father and mother and children, obey your parents. You can't take that out of context away from what he is also telling the fathers to do. And again, the fathers at this time in this culture, in the Greco-Roman world, and even in the Jewish culture, um, especially too, fathers pretty much had supreme authority and power over their children. I was reading one commentary and it was talking about how fathers could control their children up until the the man was about 60 years old. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. I can't I'm not raising my kids till they're 60. It just happening. I'm done. Like my daughter's almost 21 and I'm like tap tap, I'm out. <laughs> I love you, but I ain't raising you anymore. Yeah. I'm just kidding if you're listening, Emma, you know. But I it was a,
0: a revolutionary idea because of that. Like fathers yes. don't I, mine says don't exasperate your children. And that is something that I've said a lot to my husband, which Yes. <laughs> I mean, and and I loved too some notes that I took about it was um that also, this could be seen as like an overly critical, like constant criticism, mm-hmm. and more thinking about teaching. Yeah, the admonishment, like teaching, yes. training, yes. Um, and so I, I yeah, yeah,
1: that's and a if good you. One if you put it back in context, if you go back to Ephesians chapter four and verses 26, 27 and 31 and in Ephesians 4, 20, he is reminding fathers to raise their children in the admonition of the Lord, like of the discipline and in the mm-hmm. instruction of the Lord. And again, The Apostle Paul is talking to Christian households, and he is saying, because you are in Christ, and you are all those things that Ephesians 1 1 says, that you are forgiven, you are chosen, you are redeemed, you are sealed, all of that, because of who you are, this is how your household is to perform, behave, act. And so he is in the same vein, telling fathers, you need to raise your children in the instruction of the Lord. Mm. And when that's happening, then the children are obeying and they're honoring their father and their mother. But we didn't want to just kind of jump over that in case there is a woman listening who has issues from her past where she was either abandoned by her parents or neglected by her parents or abused. I definitely would encourage you, if you if that is your own personal story, I would encourage you, reach out to us. We can kind of help direct you to um, get some help on that, to kind of talk through that, pray through that with someone, put that before the Lord, because He does want to bring healing there. And there are ways that you can honor the position of your parents without honoring the behavior that your parents performed, because it is not right. Parents should not abandon their children. They should not abuse them. They should not neglect them. Um, those things are not okay. And we if, if that's your personal story, you do need healing in that.
0: For sure. And I think that also what I was going to say, what you said, put it before the Lord, is to pray. I mean, I do think it can be very individualized. This is nuanced for each individual, how their relationship with their parent was. But to pray about it and ask God to show you what honoring that person, particular parent would look like for them.
1: Yes. Um,
0: And again, I don't think that honor equals relationship.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I actually have some really good friends of mine who um, have been in this boat, who have been abandoned by one or two of their Mm -hmm. parents. And um, one friend in particular, I've watched her honor her dad when he is a dishonorable man, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. And, And it really grieves my heart because I love her so much and I think about how amazing she is. And he misses out. He has missed out on a relationship with a woman who is just amazing. But he's just dishonorable. And he doesn't do things. Um, But I have seen her faithfully honor him. Even... Even in situations where I'm like, man, he is such a jerk, and she'll say that really hurt my feelings. You know, I I'm having a really hard time, but I have to forgive him. But she also doesn't have a great relationship; like, she's right. not in a very close personal relationship with him. I mean, she may talk to him once every two years. Um, so there are ways that you can do that. And the unfortunate part is, if your parent has been dishonorable, and you still honor them your father in heaven has love and healing that he wants to bring in that situation. So I think there's you know a lot to be said about that in, in just those few verses. But the other part of it is when the apostle Paul is talking to the dads and telling them to raise them and instruct them in the Lord. Again, we've talked about in the book of Ephesians, it is the supremacy of Christ over all creation, not just believers. And what he's really referring to when he's telling them, he's not just saying, Hey, you need to raise morally right kids, but you need to instruct them in the law of the love of God. Like you need to raise children that, above all else, have a passionate love for the Lord, not just morally right kids. And I'll just be honest total confession when I think back, my kids are much older now, so 16 and 20. So really, for the most part, the racing is over my kids. I mean, honestly, like, it really is. Yeah, and or you're getting into the harder part because
0: you have less control, right? Yes, yes. exactly.
1: <laughs> but if I could go back and talk to myself 20 years ago, one of the things that I would stress is don't focus so much on morality, focus on the love of God and intimacy with the Lord, mm. and like, teach... I wish I had done a better job of teaching my children what it looks like to have an intimate relationship with the Lord. I mean, for goodness sakes, 20 years ago, I was learning that. I'm still learning that. I still don't know that fully, but I wish that that's what I had focused on but it's hard because when your kids are small, you've got to teach them what's right and what's wrong. And well, they already know what's wrong, but you got to teach them what's right. Um, and so you get so fixated on that. But I just think this is so true. If we can help model for our kids a true, genuine love of the Lord and His Word and His people, then the morality will eventually come. It's a result.
0: Yeah. And if you're hearing her say that, I think for me personally— <laughs> My parenting is probably always going to be that, like, that's my biggest regret. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we're always the hardest on ourselves as parents. Um, So I think that one way that God spoke to me about this, um, it was actually during our week of prayer, one week at church. And uh, the point of sharing this is if you're feeling a lot of regret and shame, that's number one, shame is you're not... That's not God putting that on you. So you're putting that on yourself or someone else has put that on you. But um, I think the important thing to take away from that, like I was praying this morning for my kids and um, my poor daughter, I mean, she was, I was barely 18 when she was born. And so basically we grew up together. Mm -hmm. And so think of (laughs) my poor daughter being raised by a kid and, um, you know, but grace abounds. Yes. You know, And, and God... It's just, I prayed today for forgiveness in those areas and just that his grace would abound. But the thing that I felt like um, he spoke to my heart um, during that week was you don't need to be a perfect parent because they have a perfect father. Mm. And so if that speaks to somebody today, just hold on to that truth um, because they do.
1: Absolutely. Wow. That's powerful. We don't have to be the perfect parent because they have the perfect father. Mm -hmm. That is, I'll receive that today. I will receive that today. (laughs) Everyone receive it. One for you and you and you. (laughs) Absolutely. It's not even Christmas and Suzanne's giving out wisdom bombs for free. So, I mean, that is so true. And to be reminded where the ideal is lacking, grace abounds. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that is so true. If you are sitting in that point where your kids maybe are older and you do have regret and you think, how in the world can I go back and change it? You can't. Um, But what you can do is you can give that regret over to God and allow Him to heal that and just begin fervently praying for your children. Whether they're 16 or 60, you can still be praying for them daily. And there is... There is a lot of power in that prayer.
0: Yeah, I've, I don't know if you guys follow us on Instagram, but if you don't, you should, um, because we want you to. <laughs> but, but I actually shared one of the things that, a resource that I'm using right now, it's called 30 Days, 31 Days Praying for Your Children or something, mm. um, and, and so I share that over there, and I've just really enjoyed that, yeah. um, writing out my prayers for so my give specific things to pray for them every day, and so that's been a real blessing for me.
1: I love that. Yeah, definitely. So definitely check us out on Instagram, Saver Ministries on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or wherever you get your social media. (laughs) I don't know. You know me. I don't know anything about that. Okay, so let's continue in Ephesians. So Ephesians 6, 5 starts talking about slaves. And I know that this is gonna be hard for some people because in America, especially right now, the kind of slavery that was happening um, here in the United States, that is not what this slavery was. And so, again, it's hard for us when we hear this. So Ephesians 6, 5 says, Slaves be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Um, And then he does jump down in verse 9. And he says, masters do the same things to them and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. And again, some people just read that first verse about slaves and they shut down because they're like, how can a good and loving God support slavery. But you cannot take it out of context of what was happening. And so there were masters who had slaves that worked for them, and they did treat them harshly. That was happening. But for the most part, slavery wasn't an optional part of their society. So it was just part of their economy. And slaves, actually, in this time, some people willingly sold themselves to become slaves so that they could have a better financial setup. They could own property, um, and they could earn like their freedom back once they had saved money and those kinds because of things. Because they got paid. Yes, yes. they did. Um, but again, the Apostle Paul is giving a household code and slaves were part of their household. So it was very much, it was actually very common for the slave children to be raised with the master's children in the same way, like given the Mm -hmm. same rights as the master's children. Um, That was also very, very common. And so just to kind of help you understand, slavery wasn't being like, Oh yeah, it's good. How you know, slavery's a good thing. It was just part of their economy. It was the culture that they lived in and there was no thought of, oh, we should abolish this or do away with this. It was very different than the slavery that we had in the United States. Right. Um so but the interesting part here is how he's talking to them and he's saying to the slaves that they are to um Render good service as to the Lord. And then he's talking to the masters and he says, knowing that both their master and yours in heaven shows no partiality. And so it goes back to the Apostle Paul talks in another um, part of the New Testament about how there's no difference, no distinction between Gentile and Jew mm-hmm. or slave and Greek or, you know, and so he, again, he's just saying, it doesn't matter where you are. This is how we are to treat other people out out of reverence for Christ, it goes back to 521, that we are to be subject to one another in out of reverence to Christ. And so he's still communicating that you need to show love and respect. And he's talking to the slaves and saying to them, hey, don't just do it to please your master on earth, but do it as unto the Lord. And there are several other places in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Um and so that's kind of what he's doing and he's finishing up this household code there. So he started with wives, he moved to husbands, then he children and then fathers and slaves and masters and he's finishing this whole household code of hey, when your family who follows Christ, this is how you are to interact with others.
0: Yeah, and I love like undergirding this section of slave and masters, I think really is um kind of a picture of the gospel, yeah, you know, and just that we all, you know, we have dignity, we have equality under God, and that He loves us all. Like you said back to that, neither Jew nor Gentile nor male nor female, all of that, that God um, loves all of us. Mm -hmm. And that we should treat each other as such as unto the Lord. Like, you know, just this picture of the Imago Dei and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it actually is elevating slaves Mm. that they are full members of the household of God. Like, again, that was probably something that was different for them. And so he was saying, you know, they have every right, every privilege, and everything that was spoken about the masters in Ephesians 1, that they are seated in the heavenlies, the slaves, if they are in Christ, are the same as well, and that there is no partiality of that. So um, I thought that was that's pretty interesting. Um, and we've got a couple of quotes that we're going to include in the show notes from some of the commentaries. If you you know, if that's just something that you really kind of want to spend some more time up for, then go check out the show notes for sure and look at that. So and then we kind of conclude the letter in Ephesians starting in Ephesians 6:10. Uh, and that letter, um, the end of it, is kind of known as the armor of God. I can't read it without thinking about you, Suzanne. <laughs>
0: Yes, we shared that the first time you asked me to teach. You made me teach on spiritual warfare, which is like throwing you to the wolves, literally.
1: Yeah, for sure, <laughs> isn't it? It's kind of like
0: what. Uh, but it's such a it's such a beautiful picture of how we sh- should go. It's like it's like I remember teaching about it. It's like because my husband was in the military, and so uh, to me, this and, and it all it's very military. Yeah, right? I mean, it's all about you know remember when Paul wrote this, he was in prison. Yeah. So he was pretty used to looking at Roman soldiers. Yeah. You know, and so I think about that as I read this, like that was on the forefront of his mind, like, hey, what we're really fighting is the principal, what is it? Principalities. It's in there. Anyway, all that, all that stuff, you know, of the air, Mm -hmm. meaning it's a spiritual warfare. And how do we prepare for that battle? And this is the picture of how we battle
1: that. Yeah. And he does a really good job of breaking this section. It's um, 6 10 through 20, and he breaks this into like three different sections. So verses 10 through 13 really talk about putting on the full armor of God to stand against the spiritual powers, like you were talking about. And so he's talking about the need for the full armor of God. And then in the next couple of verses, 14 through 17, he goes and talks about what each piece of the armor looks like. And then in 18 through 20, he is telling them that there is a need for constant prayer and watchfulness. And so that's a really kind of good way to think about that section. But the thing that was so interesting to me was when you read this, if you're not used to reading the Old Testament, you may not pick up on this right away. But if you read this, go back and read Isaiah 59, 17. Read Isaiah 11, 4, and 5. In Isaiah 52, seven, because it is almost verbatim some of the same mm-hmm. things that he talks about in the armor of God. So yes, the apostle Paul was very familiar with the Roman soldiers and what they wore. And that was uh, an analogy that he saw all the time, but he was also intimately acquainted with the Old Testament mm-hmm. and the prophecies that were spoken spoken in Isaiah. And he is relying heavily on what Isaiah says about that. And so um, I just think it's really when I made that connection, I was like, oh my gosh, the Apostle Paul didn't come up with this on his own. Isaiah said this a long time ago. Yeah. And so it's really neat to see how he's reiterating that. And then the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, in Romans and 1 Thessalonians, he is talking also, in all of those places, about how to be immovable in Christ, to stand strong. And that's really how he's ending this letter. So, he's been writing a letter. He starts out with, Hey, you saints in Ephesus who have been faithful, here's all the things that are true about you. And then he goes through all of these chapters. He encourages them, he gives them instructions. He tells them how the church as a whole is going to fulfill the manifold wisdom of God. They are going to be able to hopefully one day. They comprehend the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. And then he's finishing this out with finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so he's saying in all of this, he'd just gotten done talking to them about how to have their households. How do you do that? By being strong in the Lord in His might and putting on this full armor and being able to do that. But I really kind of wanted to spend some time looking at Ephesians 6:19 through 20. Suzanne, you want to read those two verses, Ephesians 6:19 mm-hmm. through20?
0: It says, "Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should."
1: So those two verses right there are so near and dear to my heart. Um, about 20 years ago, when I decided I was going to start trying to read the Bible on a regular basis, one day I happened to open my Bible to Ephesians, and I really at that time didn't know a whole lot about it. Couldn't have told you how many chapters were in the book of Ephesians. Didn't really know who wrote the book of Ephesians, but I read Ephesians 6:19 through 20, Every time I open my mouth, may I fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, and may I do it with boldness. Mm. Those words were seared into my heart in an instant. Like when I think about those verses, I go back to where I was sitting in my bedroom 20 years ago, and it was like God literally seared them into my heart and From that day forward, that has been my life mission, that no matter where I go or what I do, that when I open my mouth, words will be given so that I can boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel. And um, it's just those verses, when I think about them, it goes back to that. And over the last 20 years, I hope that I have begun positioning my life to do that. Like that is, it's something that happened to me. And I don't have very many of those stories, but these are two verses that from the very first time I read them, they were memorized immediately. It wasn't like, I didn't even have to try to practice to memorize them. They just were there. And every time I now read them, I think about that and I go back to that moment. And then I think back over the last 20 years of God's faithfulness and how he has put me in places where I have been called to open my mouth with boldness and to make known the mystery of the gospel. And um, that I am an an ambassador for that. And so I just love those verses. I pray those verses. Often it is um, two verses that I go back to over and over and over. I have them written down on a little card. I tape it different places in my house. I have saved that card for years and years and years because those verses just meant the world to me. And so if you maybe are sitting there and you're like, man, I've never read the Bible like that, I've never had that like I said, I don't have very many of those stories, but this is one of them. And if you haven't had a story like that, where there's been a verse that's just come alive to you, just pray and ask God, God, show me something in your word that is for me that I can hold on to that will just spark encouragement in my heart. Uh, I just love the end of this. I love the way he, he finishes it all out in the last two verses. Um, 23, he says, Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an incorruptible love. Mm. What a beautiful way to end this letter that he's been writing to the Christians in Ephesus. Just to remind them, he starts out in chapter 1, this is who you are, and he finishes in chapter 6 by saying stand strong in the Lord. And that is our hope and prayer for you today, that you will just stand strong in the Lord. Um, And he says one of the main ways that you can do that is through prayer. Mm. So I think for our saver moment today, we um, are going to ask you to just pick two people and to really pray for them. Like, I don't mean just like 10 seconds, pray for them once. I mean, commit to praying for them for seven days straight. Mm. Like, pray for them for seven days. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. And write it down. Absolutely. And yeah. write it down. So we hope that you will join us in that. We are going to commit to writing two names down and praying for those people. Um, and if you don't know what to pray for them, Go back to Ephesians 3. There's some great prayers. Ephesians 3, I think it's in verse 14. Um, Start praying that. Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, pray that over them. If you don't know what else to pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven for these people. So pray that, um, pray for them. And as you're doing that, um, you know, just thank God that, he has given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because that is the reality. But sometimes we just don't believe that. We have a hard time understanding that and believing it. For sure, and
0: I and you also said I forgot what you said. You said, "Oh gosh, my Alzheimer's is hitting again." <laughs> um, you just said, you know, if you don't know where to start on this. Journey of spiritual formation, or you want to be more in the Word. Oh, you yeah. said prayer is such a great, obviously, and that is part of a resource that we've created for you. Um, it's called Overcoming. It's our simple recipe to overcome the overwhelm. But honestly, I was thinking about it yesterday too, and it really is like if you if you want to start to begin um, or go deeper in, in forming yourself spiritually, it also would affect apply to that, like these three steps that we have for you. So we'll put a link to that in our show notes. So if you haven't gotten that, that you can get that and um, start start working through that. That's another great place to start as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I think... You know, when I started the whole prayer journey and what that looked like, it was hard and it was kind of chunky and I didn't understand how to do it and all of that. And we want to walk this journey out with you. We want to help you and we want to create resources that are going to bless you. So, you know, if you've got questions for us, email us, saverministries at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear questions or you can join us over on our Facebook group. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. But now my prayer life has become my comfort. It really has become my comfort. And on good days, on bad days, on hard days, on easy days, there is a communion with God, a prayer that I have with God that is such a comfort to me. It is like a warm blanket. And so, part of that, because we want prayer to become comfort to you, and we know everybody loves some good comfort food as we're moving into this very cold season. I was just talking to my daughter yesterday and she was kind of reminiscent on like her childhood and her favorite comfort meal from childhood. And it's the chicken uh, casserole recipe. So I'm going to share it with you guys. Uh, You may already know it. It's kind of a, it's the chicken casserole with the poppy seeds. Oh, I knew you were going to say that one. I love that one. It's so good. Yes. And the Ritz crackers. It is like good comfort food. And I just, I loved listening to my daughter yesterday talk about, Oh, mom, that was my favorite meal as a child. And you could just hear in her voice the comfort that meal brings to her. And so I'm going to share this recipe. It's a great, easy crowd pleaser, super easy recipe. And life hack Costco sells shredded chicken already that you can use to put in there. Have you bought their shredded chicken? No, but um, Harris Teeter sells it too, no. I just saw that the other Mm -hmm. day, which is probably it's
0: becoming more of a thing, so Yeah. I'm all about the quick hacks. This isn't one of those meals that Stacey shares that takes four hours to make (laughs) Ethan, This is a this is a Simple, quick and easy one.
1: Yes. A little bit of Campbell's soup, a little bit of shredded chicken, some Ritz crackers, butters, and poppy seed, and your dinner is done. But it brings great comfort in the same way that we hope and pray that your prayer life with God will bring comfort to your heart. And we just pray that this episode and this section on um, Ephesians has blessed you guys. We know that we didn't talk a lot about spiritual warfare today because um, we kind of just gave you an overview. What we have in store for you next week, you're not going to want to miss. So if you're like, man, I was hoping they'd really get into spiritual warfare, then come back next week and join us at the table because we are going to spend some time talking about what is spiritual warfare because it's kind of cray-cray, y'all. Don't you think? Yeah yeah
0: it is it always makes you feel weird to talk about it which is why we don't talk about it which is why we're gonna talk about it
1: because that's what we do over here at (laughs) saver ministries we talk about the things that other people maybe don't want to talk about right you know um but we hope that this episode has blessed you we would love to hear from you so um tag us on social media reach out to us and um don't forget to check out our freebie that we've got for you that simple three ingredient recipe to overcome the overwhelm we hope you guys have a great week and we will see you next week bye
0: thank you for being with us today here at Savor. this podcast is a ministry of crosstown church for information about soar women's ministry or crosstown church please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the crosstown app If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.